Superpowers on the Superpower Up podcast, the show that lifts the voice of love from orgasms to superpowers and everything in between. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Sex, Love, and Superpowers podcast show. I am your loving host, Tatiana Berende, and today I'm really excited to have with us Miss Lucia Pavone. We are going to be discussing orgasms as spiritual alchemy. I can already tell this is going to be a very fun and juicy conversation. Let me tell you a little bit about Lucia before we get started. Lucia Pavone is a rule breaker, international speaker, and holistic sex and sexuality mentor. As a modern day sensual priestess, I love that. She is passionate about supporting people to embody their sexuality, love their juicy bodies, free themselves from shame, and have a sex life worth bragging about. Yes. Lucia teaches courses, offers private sex and sensuality coaching, leads international pleasure retreats, and is an instructor on O School, a pleasure-based sex education website as seen in Forbes, Huffington Post, Glamour, Now This, and on Viceland's TV show, Slut Ever. Additionally, she's appeared on dozens of podcasts, been featured on Medium.com and Bustle.com, and recently co-produced Too Much Woman, San Francisco. Lucia believes that by experiencing the universe through sensual gratification, pleasurable communication, and a woman's orgasm, life has infinite possibilities. Amen. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Woohoo! Thank you so much, Tatiana. I'm grateful to be here, and I'm really appreciative of the levels of work that you're doing and mm-hmm. bringing really unique messages to the table. Thank you. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's been fun. It's fun work. Yeah. They say, well, you know, when you're doing your life's work, because it doesn't feel like work, right? Right. I, I definitely am in that category of um, just living through my pleasure and, and my joy. And that so happens that that magnetizes the financial freedom too. So, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so before we dive into these juicy, yummy topics, um, will you please tell our listeners what your superpowers are? Ooh, um, well, I think... My greatest superpower, of course, was um, is being a mother to an amazing eighteen-year-old mm. daughter. Um, but my other superpower is having experienced over six thousand hours of full-body extended orgasm. And how did you track that? Uh, <laughs> that's a great question. Uh, people <laughs> ask it all the time. So I, it, it's somewhat of um, uh, if you think. How did I do it? I'll tell you how I did it because I thought it was really fun. So you take 16 years, <laughs> that's times 365 days, that's 5,840 hours, and now it's been 17. And you average um, that some days I may have had an orgasm, you know, been in extended orgasm between an hour and two hours a day, not all at once, but smaller pockets of 15 minutes to half an hour. and it's about 6,000 plus hours of, and that's just extended orgasm. That's not like the orgasm we think of, of climb. We think of orgasm as climax, right? Yeah. In yeah. So our culture. Let's, let's give us a distinction here when you're talking yeah. about extended orgasm versus sure. your regular old 
Pop. Yeah. So, you know, first of all, you know, I love the work that Masters and Johnson did in the in the 60s to really get the concept of human sexuality on the map. So the definition of orgasm is 15 um, is 10 to 12 contractions in uh, 15 seconds for people with penises and something like 15 to 20 contractions within 10 seconds for um, people with clitorises, and it's based in a climatic end goal. Now, since the 60s, now here we are, you know, years later, why are we still having orgasm like it was the 1960s? You know, we have evolved, and so so should our definition of orgasm. We should be, climax is amazing, and I love to climax. I call it, you know... Um, yummy crotch sneeze because it feels so good and it goes you know when you sneeze it just feels good everywhere did you just say yummy crotch sneeze yes that is <laughs> awesome and so you can have this wonderful climax um extended full body extended orgasm or deliberate orgasm or extended massive orgasm um the the two primary researchers that like really kind of coined this idea of extended orgasm are Steve and Vera Bodansky. And um, they talk about, you know, when you hear about the person in the one hour orgasm, what does that look like or feel like? It's like heightened sensation, but you might feel during climax, but um, it kind of waves through all the points of your body. So mm-hmm. orgasm, um, you feel it in your nervous system, right? So when you start to like, train your body and it really is learned you just don't suddenly have full body orgasm you can have full body orgasm because that's possible when you're completely relaxed when you have a climax your whole body feels it generally um if you are willing to listen to feel it extended orgasm um is your you know your body is still contracting so in when i'm in an extended orgasm the the definition of orgasm still applies my clitoris is contracting except it's contracting as long as as i keep feeling the sensation in my body and it's sending those pleasurable waves of sensation not only generated in my genitals but throughout my entire body so i'm able to connect let's say um my shoulders to my clitoris my toes to my clitoris and i'm very still i'm not really like trying to find the orgasm but i'm actually feeling and i'm being the orgasm fully and it's um, the experience has different range of intensity depending on its uh, orgasm is subjective. So mm-hmm. there is way there are ways to like you know as you and I were talking, Tatiana. I have had actually QEEG readings done in extended cool. orgasm. So I've um, I did several sessions, twenty minutes long, and. Um, seeing my brain waves changed like at peak experiences is pretty fascinating and um it leads okay. me to believe yeah yeah it's pretty so awesome i totally want to talk about this we do have to go to a quick break sure. and i'm like let's not open up this can of worms when i have to cut you off so we're gonna we're gonna return to it as soon as we get back okay. um before we go to break will you tell our listeners where they can go to find out more about you and your work Sure. Uh, you can always find me on Facebook um, at Luscious uh, Lucia Pavone, www.lusciouslovelife.us. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Luscious Lucia Pavone. And also, um, let's see, you can you find have me. 
free gift that you want to talk about? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I would like to offer anybody, uh, I'll have what she's having, discovery session. We'll post that link uh, in the comments. It's it's kind of kind of a long link, but it's basically a free consultation with a short intake um, to see what what's possible for you in your own pleasure-based sex life. Awesome. So yeah. we are talking with Lucia Pavone about orgasms as spiritual alchemy. More when we get back. This is going to be so good. You don't want to miss it. So stay tuned. Are you here to change the world? Do you talk about things like vibration, frequency, awakening, and consciousness? Are you pretty sure you have superpowers? The Superpower Net is unlike normal coaching programs and conscious communities. We provide training, intuitive guidance, peer-to-peer learning, intensive one-on-one coaching, and a high vibrational network of people just like you. When you join the Net, you get 24-7 access to a collaborative group of people who support you as you master your personal power and unlock your superpowers. If you're ready to use your superpowers to change the world, then join the Superpower Net today. Visit superpowerexperts.com slash the net to learn more. Okay, we're back. So right before the break, you were talking about being hooked up to an EKG machine and studying your brain wave patterns with orgasms. And I really want to, where with extended orgasm, you were specific about the distinction there. Um, I want to talk about this because, I mean, the topic title that we chose for today is orgasms of spiritual alchemy, right? Mm-hmm. So, so what, what was, what shifted? What did, what did you actually see in the change in your brave way and patterns when you were in this extended orgasmic state? Mm-hmm. Mm, those are great questions. So let me, let me start by saying that um, I want to give you some baselines for, um, for all of this. Then that's where we started in these, uh, in this process in research was getting actual baseline um, readings around my alpha waves. And, and where were you doing this research? I'm just uh, This was in Santa Cruz. And so, um, you know, privately. So, um, the neuroscientist I work with, Dr. Juan uh, Acosta Urquedi, he has been a neuroscientist since the 80s, and he also has been um, working with research around um, brainwaves of various healers, like specifically shamans, Reiki healers, theta healers. And um, I had met him and suggested, hey, you know, why don't we do some research around extended orgasm? He had known a little bit about what I was talking about. And um, we had this great conversation over dinner. And we were introduced by a friend. He lives up in Marin area. And he is, you know, he's world renowned. He travels around the world. This is like his specialty is working with healers. And so he, um, when I said, well, you know, I'd really be curious to see how um, this you know, form of orgasm, extended orgasm, has a potential healing effect in, on an individual level. And if you consider like that we're all energy, we're all magnetic energy, that the potential for healing each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a little bit of, you know, the spiritual alchemy is like, you have to understand that we are on one level talking on a scientific level and, and, and the other level, knowing that there is uh, some a bigger force of alchemy that's happening. So this is where we are talking about orgasm as spiritual alchemy in our conversation today. And I want to give you the background that I, I studied personally 
um, as my own spiritual path, you know, way prior to um, even, you know, researching extended orgasm. You know, I studied extensively with my spiritual, you know, mentor, um, Kabbalistic Tarot, esoteric practices, studies, archangels, all those pieces around my own spirituality. So um, I have these multiple levels of where I'm coming from because for a while I was on a very deep spiritual path and of course yoga and all those pieces. And then I started to really learn about my body and on a very embodiment level. And so here I am all these years later, um, 25, 30 plus years of research in different fields going, wait, there's something here and putting it all together. So what we found in these brain waves, once like, you know, the, my, my brain waves in particular, um, were that um, as I was in the state of full body extended orgasm, that I'd have these peak experiences where my alpha waves would start to change and they'd start to kind of like dissolve down and, and become less pronounced. And my theta waves would start to like become more pronounced and as well as some of my uh, gamma. So, um, and so we're starting to like look at this as this way of, he said, well, what were you, he asked me specifically, what were you noticing? Um, you know, were you noticing any like visuals? I'm like, well, yeah, it's kind of like everything felt pixelated. And he's like, wow, it's like being in a hypnagogic state, which if for people who know what a hypnagogic state is, if you've ever experienced a psychedelic, um, medicine journey with like, um, with mushrooms or anything that you feel is sacred to you, that you may have experienced something which was quite, quite like this, you know, this hypnagogic state where you're like out there, but you're, but the drug of choice here is orgasm. <laughs> and so, um, and easy to come by. Yeah. And this, Unintended. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this is the place where we should come too often. You know? so, um, so of course we were giddy with this um, experience, and um, I think you can actually go on my Instagram uh, or my Facebook page, and I just posted about this with a couple of smaller videos, and you could see me with this like funny cap on that has all these like sensor points, and you can see um, Dr. Juan in there like you know fixing me all up, and and it's kind of funny because he's like, oh, he can tell I was really anticipating, you know, I was getting really turned on at the idea that my brain was going to get measured while I was coming, you know, in this way. It was so fun. You know, I, I was so, I'm such a, a brain geek in general. And, um, you know, people, people don't have to, you don't have to be a neuroscientist to like be well read and study and, mm-hmm. and, um, and there's so many different pathways, right, to like understanding um, what's possible. And I think a lot of this, this is very cutting edge. And it is um, on one level incredibly scientifically based. And on another level, it, orgasm is very sub- subjective. Yeah, and so and I actually, I want to, you know, I was joking. I said free and easy to come by. And I also want to acknowledge that orgasm is not easy to come by for everybody. Um, there are some people who really struggle with that. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And there's a lot of reasons why Tatiana, and this is one of the reasons why I really am passionate about what I do. Cause what I've noticed and even for myself is the work, I don't even consider it work. It's, um, you know, 
far greater than uh, work for me. There's this uh, beautiful orgasm is not only spiritual alchemy, but it's healing alchemy. Absolutely. And it is a place where, you know, especially all, all genders, right? however we identify, have some level gone through some kind of uh, experiences that cause your body to respond in a traumatic way, right? So your brain will hold on to parts um, of these experiences and your body will respond accordingly when you get these signals presented, what people normally call triggers, right? And so um, I'm explaining this in the easiest way possible so that people listening are like, oh, what is she talking about? Well, um, so when when it comes to, I'll, I'll stick to like, sexual trauma, let's say. Um, a lot of people, and I'll six of people who identify as women with clitorises because that's my specialty mm. um, because I also have a clitoris and I do a lot of, my work is, I'd say 80% with, 80 to 85% with people who identify as women um, with clitorises. But this can apply to anybody out there who has a body and sexual organs. <laughs> so um in my field, like I've even experienced um, sexual trauma, uh, whether it's, uh, and it doesn't have to be necessarily around my genitals. It could have been any kind of like um, verbal uh, traumatic experience. And what I noticed as I started personally um, taking a more somatic touch approach, right? A physical approach to healing rather than going to therapy but I noticed that my body actually started to like shift and like yeah um the good the good feelings you know the good the oxytocin all the good feelings started to actually release me from the pieces inside of my patterning mm-hmm. had been patterned around my sexuality to like freeze up or to look at this as painful and so um you know when I started to think about the potential for for my orgasm to not only connect me to healing, you know, healing in myself, uh, what I also noticed was, um, and I had this great conversation when I was in Sicily this past the whole month of November last year. I was leading surrender and sen- sensual Sicily, surrender and sensual Sicily retreat. Mm-hmm. Um, where I led women and, and talked about and taught about the seven feminine fluid archetypes and using orgasm to embody um, different essences. But I was having this conversation with my cousin, who happens to be a priest in Palermo and uh, teaches in the seminary there. And we were, he asked me what I did. And I grew up very Roman Catholic, very strict. And You're he's a bruja. <laughs> uh-huh, and he's a Roman and he's Catholic priest. And also very modern Catholic priest. <laughs> so we were talking about what I did for a living. Mm-hmm. And I said, yes, I teach, you know, women and about full body orgasm. And, and I said, you know, I want to tell you, I won't tell you his name, that um, when I am in this state of orgasm, dear cousin, that is when I feel closest, the, cl- the closest to the goddess yeah. and spirit. Yeah. And as we were driving, we're, I was talking to him about this. We're driving through this um, province called Enna in Sicily and on the right of the highway is Lake Pergusa which is where the alleged rape of Persephone happened mm. and to the left is this mountain called Mount Enna not Etna Mount Enna and he looks over and says well this is exactly where you're supposed to be Lucia look that's where right on that hillside is where 
a hundred meter statue of Demeter stood on top of the temple of Demeter. <laughs> and I just looked at him like, is he recognizing that uh, that orgasm has the potential to connect me to spirit? And he looks at me and says, I think that if every, and he applies it to his work and says, I think if every couple that was together before they got married talked about this, that more people would 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 stay connected in, in their relationship because God would be in them all the time. <laughs> I was just like, that, that's awesome. That healed me. That healed me from like the last remnants of religious conditioning and shame that I had had around my sexuality and my pleasure and any kind of conditioning I had around like virginity, which is, you know, not really a real thing. And it healed me. It like, I felt like here I was, this beautiful woman talking about orgasm with my cousin who was a priest. And wow, we just had this really beautiful conversation. And in just talking about orgasm, extended orgasm, we felt healing and we we felt spiritually connected. Now talk wow. about and an alchemy. acknowledgement, an acknowledgement from someone from the church that orgasms can be spiritually unifying. Absolutely. I mean, that's huge. It is huge. I'm curious. You just said something about virginity not really being a thing. Can you say more about that? <laughs> yeah. Um, I talk about this often. I think there's this fallacy, this idea that um, we lose our virginity. Like it's something that we give to somebody else. But the concept of like uh, virginity itself is like a construct that was made up by um, patriarchal cultures. Like somehow um, you're. Um, you're breaking into something that is for somebody else. And, and it's also based in this penis and vagina kind of a thing, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> in this one construct. And so um, virginity, you know, it's defined as like having sex and like you lose your virginity when a penis enters you and somehow you've given up, you know, your body to something else, but it's not really somebody else's. Right. So virginity doesn't really exist. It's like you have your body and you have your pleasure. So um, people are like, well, how do you define like when somebody actually has sex for the first time? I said, well, I don't define sex as just penis and vagina. So right. it could be whenever, it's like, what if you defined it when you actually have your first orgasm or climax? Like that is when you, um, you know, because it's yours. Like it's yours, you know? That can be our new redefinition or when you first experience self-pleasuring. I was just going to say, like, probably for most people, when they experience their first orgasm or climax is with themselves. Absolutely. And like, what an, what an empowering redefinition of losing your virginity. Right. And, it, and I think that once we actually start to look at that, where, you know, where, you know, this, I think, I think the, the idea that, um, our pleasure and sexuality is solely for somebody else or is just spiritual negates the whole purpose of let's say the clitoris, which only purpose is for pleasure. It's a lot of it. <laughs> you know, it's like you don't have to have a climax to get pregnant, but you can, or, you That's know, true. You, and you can get pregnant without a climax. You can get pregnant without a climax, but the clitoris does its sole purpose really is to feel. Um, and, 
you know, it, it, it was with 8,000 nerve endings. It's like, there's a whole lot of um, sensation that is allotted to, to somebody and that somehow that the interior, our vagina, which has no pressure sensitive nerve endings, <laughs> you know, at all inside and all the nerve endings are like on the outside of which are the little yeah thankfully so we can push babies out right exactly right i was like (laughs) you think about that it's like oh um well that just doesn't sound as you know amazing and because somebody's inside you that that somehow makes it more um vulnerable but actually what i found tatiana was when i started to learn about my clitoris and when somebody was actually stroking my clitoral glands on and looking at my my pussy at my vulva and describing what it looked like and changed that was way more vulnerable and connecting and intimate than anything that had ever been inside me you know like i've got to say there's something about having somebody like actually looking and taking in visually that what's happening with your genitals when you're being stimulated that's incredibly vulnerable it is somebody's fingertip feeling with their nerve endings your nerve endings smelling your your sexual alchemy opening looking at the color shifts like the universe it's it's like a kaleidoscope right like mm-hmm. it's like when you turn a kaleidoscope you see these beautiful unfoldings of colors and and that is really like what it feels like to look at a, a vulva and labia opening and feeling a person's orgasm through your hands in your body and if you can't use your hands you know i don't want to limit this for just people who have the faculty of of touch but if you don't and you are like um you can actually experience the energy through your eyes, mm-hmm. conceptual thought, through communication. And the key is communication here. Yeah. If somebody's describing what they're noticing and you're taking this in and then you are alchemizing it on your level, you can actually experience your, your brain doesn't know the difference between fantasy and reality. So if you close your eyes and you're hearing something, your brain will actually start to like um, send out those signals to those parts. If you are, if you are present, I think for a lot of, for a lot of people, that level of exercise, um, is a lot and could, I mean, yeah, I think a lot of people would check out, um, because the, the vulnerability is so great and all of the shame stories and everything that comes up. I mean, that in and of itself to practice, to have that exercise where you have a lover who is gazing lovingly at your genitals and 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 describing the change to you um i mean that takes a tremendous amount of willingness to stay present absolutely yourself absolutely definitely with a in a in partnership and of course you know that is something is a potential um sensual desire or sensual goal that we can go towards you know like where i often like when i let's say when I support women, I start with the very basics of like um, really unraveling the sexuality story because in unraveling that story for yourself, you start to actually bring that sensation to 
present time in your body and you can feel it in all parts of your body. And you don't even have to start with your genitals. Like if it's like when I work with women around sexual trauma, I actually had them start with like focusing on like their elbow, like the middle of their elbow and like seeing if they can actually bring the sensation to that by using their gaze and very slow movement and circular motion nonstop. See if they can raise energy to that spot. And if you can do it on that part of your body, you can do it really on, on all parts of your body that you can feel and have nerve endings to. And if, you know, I don't want to limit this just to people who have all their faculties and their senses. Um, you know, I've definitely read studies of like people who have um, had spinal cord injuries that are still able to experience full body orgasm because of um, the there's two different nervous systems. So you have your vagus nervous system that's attached to, you know, not attached to your spinal column. And, and so there's a lot of like um, details in that, in that, but oh, what was I going to say? The train of thought. So this is, um, you're right. It is very vulnerable to get intimate in that way with somebody's gazing at you. But here we are like touting this idea of penis and vagina as like the union that we're all trying to manifest. And that's not true for everybody because not everybody, A, wants a penis inside them. Uh, B, not everybody identifies in this like heterosexual um, way. A lot of people are more fluid than, than they you know think. And we've really compartmentalized, you know, sexuality into this, 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 and this. Um, but you know, as, as we become more aware, I think through time and space and what's possible. And I know you and I were talking about like different ways to become um, more present and embodied and aware as, as we start to learn more about um, different opportunities in this culture and in these actually ancient cultures, <laughs> not just our culture, um, present day culture that, um, that there, there is the ability for um, our orgasm actually to be um, one of the most beautiful gateway drugs <laughs> in the planet. Yeah. You know? so, so, I mean, if we look at like the traditional definition of alchemy, mm -hmm. right? It's turning lead into gold. Mm -hmm. How do you see orgasm being um, sort of the spiritual equivalent of that? Well, I mean, just in what we were talking about, the baseline of my brain waves were really high processing alpha waves. And so when I was in orgasm, it switched my brain chemistry, my brain waves, and changed. And, and for anyone listening who doesn't understand what that means, can you sort of break it down the difference between yes. alpha, theta, gamma brain waves and, and what we have access to in those different brain wave states? Yeah. Um, well, because I'm not a neuroscientist. <laughs> <laughs> Just to let's be pretty uh, clear. <laughs> um, but I did work with a neuroscientist. So I want you to know the very basic differences. Um, so um, alpha waves are like the deep relaxation brain waves. So I think the hertz are like 7.5 to like 14 hertz or something like that. So um, they are very present, deep relax when you're deeply relaxing, like your normal state, most of us, um, the alpha brain state really allows like, uh, access to imagination and, um, 
like beta brain waves are for like 14, I don't want to give you all the numbers, 14 to some 40 hertz maybe. Um, they're like awake, conscious, like reasoning. Um, they're associated with like normal waking state, right? And mm-hmm. alertness. Um, theta waves are like the deeper meditation, you're approaching sleep. And then there's like delta, which is deep sleep, like when you're sleeping. So um, I have very high processing alpha waves and I'm deep relaxed. So I'm very relaxed. <laughs> I process things. I, act, I have a lot of access to my subconscious in my consciousness. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like really at the base of, you know, your conscious awareness. And so when I was in full body orgasm, what was happening is like my theta waves, that approaching sleep, deeper meditation, um, those, those were um, the brain waves that were starting to kind of creep up and become more pronounced. And in this state, this is a state where, um, you know, you're, when you're, where you have potential to like heal on a certain level, you know, you've heard of data healers. Mm-hmm. They're, they're actually, um, Dr. Juan, uh, a customer okay, who did my brain race, he was worked with like data healers and shown how like that energy transfers to their, you know, you can actually see somebody else's brainwaves changing when theta healers are working on their clients mm-hmm. because it's energy transfer. Mm-hmm. So imagine being in the state, in this orgasmic state, and you're with a partner to the amount of healing that can happen, mm-hmm. alchemize it together. Mm-hmm. And um, also being in such a healing state, you know, we're feeling this like divine expression within ourselves. It's really about like how you feel and you're, you're able to like reflect that. Like I'm going to get a little bit into that woo-woo consciousness because I think it's worth saying that when you are feeling like that and love and like connected to those, the depths of that, your pleasure in this way, that that is what you're actually able to reflect into your life. That kind Absolutely. of life. And so that is where we can look at, you know, orgasm um, for spiritual alchemy. That's how we alchemize. We turn, you know, the things that seemingly feel difficult into joy. We turn the things that we call grief into happiness because it's all energy. And what we're doing is we're alchemizing the, the way we perceive the sensation, it's all sensation. Our brain says, oh, this is grief. But at the very core, what grief feels like in the body is based on your conscious viewpoints. But when you're in a state of healing, that energy, for as much as you feel grief, that's as much energy as you can feel your joy and your happiness. And so that's what orgasm does for me. Um, and because I'm in such a state of pleasure and orgasm through my day, not just for 10 minutes a day, like I have trained my body to immediately tap into pleasure and orgasm on command. So I can take a breath and I can tap into, I can use my brain to be an orgasm. So when I work with clients, like, whether I'm teaching and just doing a video or, you know, I also do um, sacred Tao Yoni healing, you know, and touch and um, sacred touch with women and with some men, depending. Um, and 
Thank you, by the way. I just want to say thank you for being a woman doing that work. I know a lot of women who have gone to see men for that work and been super damaged by it. So I just want to appreciate and honor you for doing that work as a woman with other women. Thank you. And I feel very blessed that, you know, I have um, an amazing mentor, uh, Mara Karuna, and she, um, you know, she's an amazing, you know, beautiful uh, healer herself. And I feel blessed to have that piece and using all my training in full body extended orgasm, um, I, I do this as, um, it's, it's really important. And I think it's a piece of our culture that we lost. I felt like this is like a sacred part of our culture from ancient times. Like I, I know it is personally just yeah. because of how I travel in my own spirituality, my own dimensional knowing, my own ancestral past lives, healings. And I know that I have done this work um, maybe in a different form, (laughs) in Mm -hmm. a different body. Mm -hmm. Um, But it, um, it is not everybody's cup of tea and it it takes a lot of communication to do this work. Um, And it is um, before, during and after you can't just be like, Hey, I'm going to put my hands on your Yoni and massage it. Because it doesn't work that way. And sometimes I don't even um, touch a woman's yoni until we've actually had multiple conversations and gone through um, a process of different touch on different parts of the body to start to reconnect to touch. Um, Yeah, I mean, this is really deep work. Um, And it it's not for everyone because not everyone is ready to do that level of depth of healing. But I want to say to anyone who's listening, if you are ready to do that level of depth of healing, Mm. find a woman like Lucia who knows how to do this work Mm. Um, because it is so incredibly powerful. And it's, I mean, you can do some of that work with your partner, but I think there is something about having women, um, to work with in a non-sexual way mm-hmm. um, that is just, it's deeply and profoundly healing on multiple levels. I mean, we, a lot of us carry some really deep sisterhood wounds. You know, there's, there's a lot that we're carrying collectively about being able to trust other women um, and being able to trust ourselves and being able to open up in that way. I just think is so powerful. I agree. And, you know, I wouldn't do any, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do anything to somebody that I haven't actually experienced myself. Mm-hmm. So I just want to say that too, that I think I, I know that I've done my own unraveling all these years and, and experienced firsthand the healing touch of another woman um, honoring and supporting me and yeah. in, in that. So it is, um, it's with a lot of reverence to the journey of, um, you know, honoring a woman's full expression. Not, I mean, there is, you know, it's non-sexual, but there is, you know, you are working with sexual energy and sexual alchemy. And yeah. so, and, and um, it's important to like say that because, you know, with when things, when that energy comes up, should it come up, like to honor that and not shame it. That's actually mm-hmm. part of the healing mm-hmm. is to like witness and not shame another woman and like, and loving herself that much that she can experience. There, there's been women who haven't felt anything. And then suddenly they're like, Oh, like 
you know, yeah. so much energy. There, there, there can be tears. There can be, um, you know, there can just be a, a great um, infusion of spirit, mm-hmm. you know, and love that comes from that. And I feel, I feel honored. Like, you know, I think, oh, well, I used to think, well, how did, how did I get to be the one that does like sexual alchemy and healing? <laughs> this is so taboo, you know. What is a good Catholic girl from an Italian family, <laughs> um, you know, who's been told don't have sex and you're married suddenly, you know, not suddenly, but, um, you know, I've, I used to resist who I was from a very young age, right? Oh, I think a lot of us who, who are called to this work, yeah. that's true for because because um, it is taboo and it's not readily acceptable and it's not the kind of thing that you can just like comfortably over tea or dinner with, you know, no. Thanksgiving dinner, talk about no. with your uncle Sam or whatever, you know, it's like, no, what's well, so funny. Cause that is my dad is Sam and my brother is Sam. <laughs> so <laughs> my, my daughter has an uncle Sam. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and um, no, I actually have talked about it this with, my dad and my mom, <laughs> not all of, all of the things you cannot, I want this to be something. And this is one of my desires in my own lifetime is to have these kinds of conversations um, really be on the table. Yeah. Like we talk about cancer. Why not talk about like pleasure and mm-hmm. all these pieces and mm-hmm. be able to like open it up and yeah. What would our world look like if we were more willing to talk about pleasure? Well, we'd probably be a lot more relaxed and have a lot more fun conversation and not (laughs) be filled with grief. And have a lot less shame. And have a lot less shame. And that's the part, like, I had to do. Shame and guilt were my two big ones, you know. Sure, yeah. And they still are. And I I, want to say that, like, um, because it's really vulnerable to say, you know, when you're somebody who works in sexual alchemy and, like, and um, it teaches you know other women and men about pleasure-based sexuality that somehow we're we're supposed to um, maybe know it all or something. Yeah. I I don't know it all. My life is still unfolding. My real, you know, you must be a great sexer. You must be great in relationship. I'm like, well, I I'm willing to do what it takes to like learn and um, own my part in my journey. And I I can't. I don't always get it exactly how somebody else wants it but i get it per- perfect for me and that includes progress and change always so you know am i the best at setting boundaries maybe not am i the best at having consensual communications i try my best and, and i'm still learning like everybody else and i really appreciate you saying that i mean i've talked to a few people who've been on the show about that how when when you you know, we, we get put in these positions. I think that's why a lot of people are afraid to actually step into their work because there is some part of us that knows that like other people are going to expect us to then be perfect in that realm all the time. Hmm. And it's just not that way. Like we're all human. We're all still learning and have, have growth edges. And like that journey doesn't end, you know, that we, I, I don't think that we come, I mean, we can come to a place of self-mastery. Mm-hmm. Yes. We can come right. to, to a place of, like you said, you've trained your body where you can take a breath and be in an orgasmic state. Like not everyone can say that, right? That takes a certain level of practice oh, and, yeah. and you, and, and you get, you get the credit for that. And yet like, yeah, you're still human. We're still growing. There's still going to be places 
um, and growth edges. And for me, that's just a huge soapbox because I think we do each other a real disservice when we when we put one another up on pedestals like that. Because you put someone up on a pedestal, they've got a long way to fall. That's it's so true. It's like I, um, you know, recently been dating, <laughs> coming out of a twenty three year relationship. And what I've noticed is like, I have found myself like, do I tell people what I do? Like, that's an edgy thing to come up, you know, to say, well, someone's like, what do you do? I'm like, well, yeah. What's, I, what are they going to expect from you then? Right. And then I, I have had both. I've had some people who are like, oh my God, that's fascinating. I would love to learn from you. And I'm like, wait, are you, do you want me to be your teacher or do you want to go on a date? <laughs> and there's so, there's so there's that and I've come up against that and then there's also like oh so let's see what you got it's like right. wait a second like I'm not I don't want to necessarily have sex with you <laughs> just because I'm a sex educator and pleasure-based sex educator and so th that's definitely been um and, if, and I want to say a thank you to those lovers of, that I have in my life that I've kept around I'm like oh these are the people that have stepped up and gone, oh, we, we see all of you and we want all of you mm. to, to be in our life. And, you know, one of those people I actually do do work with now and um, together. So we do for very special experiences, um, we use our, our divine masculine and feminine energy to alchemize and heal um, through touch women only and in a very sacred safe way that's not sexual based but you know touch based mm -hmm. and um which so is very rare because i usually you know it's either what a man you know doing this healing or a woman doing this healing or but very rarely do you have the masculine and the feminine coming together mm -hmm. in, in such a high integrity and safety and with deep love and reverence for the divine feminine to like heal doing work together Beautiful. So um, that's I, I don't talk about that much on here because, or in general, because you know it is something that we have recently you know been exploring, and um, I think the biggest question that people ask are, you know, what happens if you get turned on, <laughs> like <laughs> during the session, um, which you know if, um, which I want to say we're completely human and we are we do feel energy. So it's a, actually a wonderful gauge, you know, if I'm working with a woman and I can feel her sexual energy rising in my fingers or my body, um, then that's a good sign. Um, and that's also, a good sign. And also, like, mean, yeah, I, I just want to want to say here, like, I love that you brought that up because I feel like that question comes from a place of, comes from someone who only experiences turn on as... Mm -hmm then I need to act on this sexual urge. Right. And, and I think that, that I mean, my, my uh, guess from, just from, from our conversation today is that you are someone who has figured out how to take the sexual energy and the energy of arousal and transfer that into divine energy and to move it and to bring it throughout your whole body. And it, and it no longer become sexualized in the way that we think of when we think of like porn and like I need to fuck it but like 
it becomes the energy of creation and the energy of life and the energy of healing. And that's something very mm. different. It is very different. You've your um, description of the transference of what true or orgasmic um, alchemy is, you know, mm -hmm. is, is quite like you described. It is taking that energy, um, honoring, honoring that it feels wonderful and that it's not just for um, the experience of a sex act, but it is what our body craves to heal ourselves. It is what um, allows for us to feel the divine spirit or God or goddess or whatever you want to call that's your spiritual alchemy, you know, that connection. And um, it's what really connects us to our creativity, you know. Yeah, um, and I think, to I all, think of, all of it. I think part of why people are afraid of, of their pleasure is because we have this cultural connection where an experience of pleasure has to somehow be connected to a sexual act. And I am so emphatic about dispelling this myth that, that when we feel arousal, when we feel turned on by something, it means that there has to be a sexual expression that's involved. Like I think that is one of the most damaging myths and it's keeping so many of us from being willing to fully experience and express our pleasure in our lives. Mm, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree with you more, Tatiana. I mean, it's, um, I know you and I were talking earlier about like, um, like different ways to kind of experience and what's the next, you know, opening we're all, I think it's as beings in general, we're always trying to like open to the next thing. I push my edges and my boundaries often. Um, so it was an edge for me to like when, you know, 16 years ago to like learn about full body orgasm, watch another woman in extended orgasm. Right. Um, and what, to be able to be here today, um, this is not something like I, I knew that day. I was like, I actually said, that's what I want. I want to be able to do that. And I want to be able to teach this one day. Mm -hmm. And now I'm, I'm going into the next realm for myself. I'm like, what's my next boundary to push? Okay. I'm teaching this. I'm doing these things. Now, how do I like, um, what's my next level of awareness around my orgasm? My, like my level of awareness, I know what some, you know, it's all different. There's no better, good or, better or worse. A lot of people compare each other. Right. Like, it's oh, what's the next level for you. Exactly. For you, me. It's like, it's what's, what's you up leveling yourself from who you were yesterday, not you up leveling yourself over Sally over there. Exactly. And so, um, you know, I... I decided to do and have an experience around um, utilizing sacred medicine. Um, and a few days ago, I decided that I, um, the person I did this research with, um, he's also uh, a shaman and he speaks around the world. And he also has done a lot of ceremony with uh, Bufo, uh, Bufo Alvarez, which is a a toad <laughs> and uh, a toad venom, which um, contains five uh, meo DMT, and that is somewhat um, 
a psychedelic and it works on a very different way than like some other psychedelics out there. And I'm not necessarily somebody to, I've never done ayahuasca. You know, I've been, I've, I've experienced certain psychedelics in different parts of my life. It's never been something that I'm like, Oh, I'm going to do psychedelics to like get closer to God or anything. But we decided to actually do some research um, without hooked up around whether or not I would, the question was, I'm curious if you will feel your orgasm or a type of orgasm through this, um, this launch, this journey. Without stimulation other than Without that. stimulation itself. other than that itself. So, or if that, you know, what would happen for you? Because you are so pronounced in your orgasmic state, how will this actually um, affect your nervous system, mm-hmm. right? And so it was pretty amazing. And we did take some recording at the end of like what I was experiencing because um, it was beyond a doubt. Uh, I called some of the things I shared were um, were waves through a portal into like the 12th dimension and the cosmic mycelium of orgasm and what that looked like. <laughs> it was beautiful. I felt it in my body. Um, in on the end and the on the tail end, I could actually trans talk about it. So at like 15 minutes, I was coming into the state of embodied. Um, sensation in my nervous system so I could actually consciously feel um, I'd gone into I knew I'd gone into this alternative state almost like a mini death of my nervous system and a rebirth of a complete new it was like pressing the reboot button mm-hmm. on a computer and suddenly I was like awakened in every it was what I had imagined when you're when a baby is being born, a child's being born with complete faculty of their nervous system and feeling everything inside and out, not just on the outside. But I felt the full expansion completely on all dimensions and then in my in on in the physical plane and the sensation level of full body orgasm, like it was in waves and droves. Um, I'd been at that place a couple of key moments in conscious uh, deliberate embodied orgasm, full bodied orgasm. I'd felt those moments like peak experiences, but this was like a constant peak experience for like 15 minutes. And I was not touching my clitoris. It was complete body awareness around orgasm. And I was Lord. I was like, no way. (laughs) I was like, no way. And I thought, well, if you can do this in this state, there's no doubt in my mind that I can actually produce this because in a conscious, deliberate way. And the after effects for me, and I know that there's been studies and research done and and there are being done around the world um, around using um, Bufolivarius and um, 5-MeO-DMT as a way to support people who... PTSD, depression, anxiety, it's being used in like clinical research um, in different places of the world. And uh, I would not take this without somebody who is knowledgeable. Yeah, thank you. This experience, first mm-hmm. of all, and I am not, like I am putting a disclaimer on here. I'm not saying that you should do this. Um, this is not for everybody. And this is surely not for 
um, something that I'm prescribing to anybody as a medical professional. And I would like to make, this is my experience. And um, I would, you know, I would not even consider it unless I knew Um, somebody I trust explicitly mm -hmm. in our culture. Yeah, I I um I really appreciate you saying that. You know, this is for for those who are listening and who listen regularly to this show. This is the fourth show in a row where the medicines of various kinds have come up. Um, clearly, they are wanting to be known. And I feel really honored that they're coming up within this context because of, you know, I am somebody who feels really strongly about, about um, having safe containers for these medicines to be used within. And, and I think there's a lot of really unsafe containers or just lack of containers out there where people are just going and burning combo onto each other um, without really knowing the, the ramifications and the repercussions of that on multiple levels these these medicines work on metaphysical levels that we most of us in the western world have no construct for and no awareness of and no freaking clue how to navigate and um and so having someone who does know those things i think is of paramount importance mm -hmm. absolutely i mean um this is this is profound sacred medicine. And, you know, I happen to have the experience of not only the person administering it being a shaman who is, and a sound healer, but they're also a neuroscientist. And so I had the best of both. I had the best of both worlds for me, knowing that I would felt completely in very sacred, trusted hands of somebody who was doing the deeper spiritual alchemy that um, I felt safe in, in being my full self with. And because of who I am and my pathway around um, the human sexual potential around orgasm, that I had a very special, um, I had a very special desire in I wouldn't say I set an intention. I just wanted to have the experience, but I w it did allow me to like have a framework around um, a clear coming in. It was a clear yes for me to experience it, and I had no no expectation. Um, I held a uh, there was another there was actually another a woman in the room who was my best friend, and she held ex explicit space for me to feel. Um, and so I, I wanted that experience too, um, to make sure that I was, I had touch afterwards that I was being touched and integrating through touch of my body. Um, and which maybe, uh, some people may not want, but I think, uh, the next, the next avenue for this, for me in my own journey and work is to work with people who are trained in certain aspects with me that I'm trained in one in a certain aspect in healing um, somatic touch um, and great reverence around and understanding around a woman's genitals, the sacredness of this work and how do we combine all of it for like healing our planet? Like that's a, that's a pretty, it's a wonderful 
desire to have in this world when a lot of a lot of what's going on in our planet is so shaming of this like this is not the easiest pathway you know if anybody's like oh i'm going to be a sexual shamanic healer you know uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah some cultures are like well yeah we got those you know they understand that but in the in the everyday world of like you know we're in a microcosm you know microcosmic world here in, in the bay area <laughs> maybe but around around the rest of the you know the world not everybody is allowed to do this work some people would be you know this this could be really dangerous yeah work and so um but i really i believe and i think as more people start to come clean and open up and start to talk about these um these pieces um and you could see it, you know, as things are changing, there is this opening to, I'm sure you've talked about it in other shows around the, what people consider divine masculine feminine, those energies and like this planetary shift from, um, the, you know, the real linear kind of, um, you know, masculine, norm, normally considered masculine or uh, patriarchal expressions changing and starting to like be healed. This is part of that work. This is part of this, Absolutely. this, what we're doing. And it is, it is edgy to some people, but I think that the more we start to talk about it, the less edgy it becomes. The less edgy it becomes. And like everyday people are, are understand that there's energy between things, you know, it's like, um, yeah, it's pretty awesome to, to see, um, how, how things are shifting and changing. I mean, I think the fact that uh, you know, our network like uh, that talks about superpowers gets a million, more than a million downloads a month in over 80 countries is just, it's proof in and of itself that like we, there's, people are interested in talking about this and it is, um, while it is still fringe in a lot of places, it is starting to infiltrate the mainstream a little bit more. And that gives me a tremendous amount of hope. It gives me hope too. I'm so yeah. happy you said that. It is true hope. Yeah. And joy. Uh, Absolutely. Well, I, I really want to thank you for taking the time out of your day to come on the show. Um, this has been a really wonderful conversation and I just really want to honor you and thank you for the work that you've said yes to and um, for having, having such a wonderful and fun, juicy conversation with me today. I'm so grateful to you, Tatiana. This has been probably one of my favorite podcast interviews ever <laughs> over the past oh, yeah. year. <laughs> I'm so happy to be able to be able to do get to this point where I get to share very openly around um the thing you know who I am in the, as in this lifetime <laughs> and I love it I'm so grateful to you absolutely you are so welcome and to our listeners I love you so much thank you for continuing to show up If you have not yet joined us in the Superpowers Are Real group on Facebook, please do so. We've got some really exciting new offerings coming through the pipeline in our Superpower program. So go and check those out. If you have not yet taken the quiz to find out what your superpowers are, do so. We are having a lot of fun over here on the back end of Superpower Experts, and we want you on board with us. So come and play with us. And until next time, go out and love yourself so that you can love the world more deeply. Many, many blessings. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today.